Inflation is going from bad to worse, and old Joe's solution seems like it will make worse into a disaster. Iran is not playing well with others, and no one seems to care in the media. And things in Cuba are getting worse, but the colors of the radical Democrats are coming out. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, it's Gene, and welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Want to apologize for being gone the last couple of days. Josie's sister has passed away. Uh, we've been dealing with that. Very sad. Um, she died of cancer, and we're still dealing with it. <laughs> uh, but there's so much news going on, I decided to come home for a little bit and actually uh, do a podcast, wash some laundry, fun stuff like that. So, uh, like I said, a lot of news going on definitely can't just let it go so uh the first thing is coming back from the federal reserve bank of new york that basically saw inflation spike to 4.8 percent that's an increase in june of 0.8 percent now this is a this is this is something disastrous this is the highest it's been since uh 2007-2008 and they've been doing the month-month increases, the 0.8% increase is the highest increase since they started actually keeping track of this back in 2013. Now, the uh, in January, the inflation rate was at 3%. And people would expect it to be at 3% because the economy is beginning to open up and people are beginning to spend money and there is a lot of extra money. But then it continued to go up. In February, it went up to 3.1%. In um, March, it went up to 3.4. And then it takes a spike. In April, it went to 4.0%. Now, it's popped up another 0.8% to 4.8%. So right off the bat, you can see it is getting bad. Even the Biden administration is admitting that there is going to be a increase a severe increase in the inflation over the next few months the fed has already said it's looking like it might be up to between 5.4 and 6 percent by december which would be an absolute disaster and i'm going to correct myself here 5.4 percent they didn't say between six percent i think i read that somewhere else but i don't have it as part of my notes so i don't want to actually bring it up To make things more exciting for the United States economy, the top three credit rating services in the United States is about says that the United States is about to lose their AAA credit rating in the future. It'll be dropped down to a AA rating, and I believe the last time that happened was during George W. Bush Bush's era, about 2007-2008, where it dropped to a AA rating, and then it picked right back up a few months later. Now, what they're blaming this on is they're saying the political instability throughout the country and the soaring national debt with absolutely no forecast that it's going to go down. Our national debt right now is at between 28 and $29 trillion. And there's a huge budget spending being planned. So because they're, they are continuing to spend, and they don't plan to actually curb any spending, be 
be don't be shocked if we actually lose our credit rating. But hey, you know, don't blame me. I voted for the other guy. Um, so what does Biden think will do? He will. What do you think Biden will do to help the economy and lower inflation so that people aren't spending big bank? We're already spending tons of money at the pump. We're already spending more in the grocery stores. Lumber is almost out of control. Manufacturing, especially the car industry, they can't get enough resources to uh, build cars. So now we're running into a car shortage, a housing shortage. So how's what does he want to do? He wants Joe. Old Joe wants to push three a three point five trillion dollar budget proposal through Congress in a partisan vote using reconciliation. If reconciliation is used, the Republicans really have no way to stop this bill from passing. The only way they, well, they technically they do, but it's kind of a wild card shot. They can't use the filibuster because reconciliation takes away the filibuster as an option. And they can vote. And if all the Democrats vote, it'll be 50-50 in, in the Senate. and then course Kamala Harris will then make the final vote and it will go through but the bill does have a little bit more than that and this could be a problem for the Biden administration it well this could be a problem for not only the Biden administration this could be a problem for Democrats altogether in this bill they want to offer amnesty to between 11 and 11 the well let's say the 11 million dollar million illegal aliens in this country the reality is it's actually closer to 20 million and it could be as high as 30 million. We don't know how many illegal aliens are in this country. Illegal aliens will then get visas and green cards and a pathway to citizenship. Though the bill does have some restrictions such as criminal record, nothing else is off the table. Now, there are a bunch of problems with this the first off is we haven't closed the border this amnesty program is just asking for more people to run across the border that's what's going to end up happening we've already tried this back in the 1980s ronald reagan tried this in the 1980s and uh he didn't close the border or didn't secure the border enough and when he offered offered amnesty uh people just jammed right across the border so we already know what is going to happen if we actually make give amnesty without locking down the border. We're just going to get a lot of people trying to cross the border. Now, Democrats have a few problems here. First off, um, this is probably not going to be seen as legal. Uh, it is illegal. There is a chance that this is probably going to go to court. DACA was just overturned, but DACA was completely illegal. Um, there's a very good chance that this might actually just go to the courts and the courts may say, no, we can't, we can't do this. The other problem is that reconciliation is typically allowed for policy changes to finances, financial changes, budgets, things like that. Reconciliation does not deal with policy change. And so what may happen is when this goes to the uh, CBO, they, they may sit there and say, okay, it's fine, except you have to pull out that amnesty because this is not, that has to be a separate bill.
It has nothing to do with finances, and you can't actually use reconciliation to pass a policy change like that. So, and the reality is that's probably what's going to happen. We've already seen this under the Biden administration before. So this is with the $15 minimum wage when they tried to push the last stimulus. So chances are this probably won't be accepted anyway. The other problem the Democrats have are Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat from West Virginia, and Kirsten Sinema, who is a Democrat from Arizona. Those senators are very touchy, not necessarily about the amnesty, though I believe the amnesty is going to be a problem, especially in Arizona. Uh, but they're against the $3.5 trillion bill. They really are, are tired of spending a lot of money. So they're going to have to hope both of those Democratic senators actually vote for this bill for it to get through. Um, get ready for fireworks. Uh, the um, Senate Majority Leader has already said that he is, uh, Chuck Schumer has already said that he is going to put this to a vote. That being said, that kind of sounds like it may be those two, Cinema and Mansion, may vote for the bill, though I'm not 100% sure that could happen anyway. So we'll have to see. But, but one of the great things is, you know, spending a $3.5 trillion bill and a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, that's going to push our, that's going to push our debt just over probably over 30 trillion dollars over the next couple of years or next year or so so this is just an absolute disaster for our economy and these guys don't seem to care spend 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 so we're gonna have to see what's gonna go on i think uh all this basically means is everything's just gonna get more expensive it's we're gonna be spending close to five dollars in gas in california soon everything is just turning into a disaster for the economy here is a really disturbing story, courtesy of Iran. Of course, no one's really talking about that one, and there's a pretty good reason. The Biden administration really doesn't want this story coming out. So there was a gal named Mashi Masai Alinejad. She serves as a producer for The Voice of America, is an author and the author of a book called "My Wind: The Wind in My Hair. My Fight for Freedom in the Modern Iran. Um, she's an American citizen. And she was from Iran, lived in Iran, and came to the United States. And what she's been doing is fighting for uh, the rights of the Iranian people for years now. Um, her goal is basically to motivate the dissidents who are the anti-government dissidents in Iran so that somehow a grassroots push to topple the uh, uh, fundamentalist government over there can happen. She is really working to have the government change their laws, be less repressive, and so forth. Well, Iran sent four men to the United States, where they joined a fifth in California. Then they went to Al-Ajinabad's home in New York and tried to kidnap her to force her back to Iran, presumably to be executed. All the men were arrested by the FBI. And this was considered a really minor story. 
When asked about this, Jen Psaki said that American citizens would be protected, but that this was not a foreign policy issue, but a local law enforcement issue. Of course it's not a foreign policy issue. Because if it was a foreign policy issue, Joe Biden might have some problems actually pushing the Iran nuclear deal. Which, by the way, news reports have it that the Iran nuclear deal may be dead already. Simply because Iran has generated enough uh, has generated enough of the plutonium needed to create nuclear weapons, and it might be too late for them to join in. So there's it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen with this Iran nuclear agreement. Biden this week already gave allowed Iran to receive money, lifted sanctions on Iran so that they could receive money that was being held in Asia. So guess what? Now they're going to get more money. So you can expect that terrorism isn't going to end real, real soon. And this also shows Biden really just doesn't give a damn about Americans. This America first policy that Donald Trump actually pushed is gone with Joe Biden. He doesn't care about American citizens. He doesn't care that Russia is attacking our infrastructure with cyber attacks. He doesn't care that Iran is coming in and trying to kidnap, basically terrorism, kidnap American citizens and bring them back to Iran to be executed. But this is what happens. This kind of crap, this is what happens when you embolden terrorists like Russia and Russia and uh, Iran. Why the left seems so soft on totalitarian regimes like Cuba, Russia, China, Iran? I don't understand. I don't understand what they think they're gaining from this. Except that they probably like the actual forms of government those people have. Let's not forget something. Yes, the citizens there are miserable. But the uh, leadership isn't. The leadership's rich, so they don't necessarily, and have powerful, so they don't necessarily care. Very, very disturbing that our president, our government, will allow this to happen, and they're all good with it. Speaking of totalitarian regimes and uh, um, people fighting against those regimes because they are miserable... Let's talk about Cuba. What's going on over there? Well, people are still being arrested, uh, especially the press. A YouTube star on television, while she was actually filming her YouTube video, was arrested on video. It was all caught on camera. It was all streamed live to YouTube, and you could see it. The Cuban government has cut off the Internet to control the spread of information. The government is now trying the u.s government especially in florida they're actually trying to figure out ways that they could get internet to the the island nation um so we'll see if i mean if the governor of florida rick DeSantis, does actually end up getting internet to the people of cuba my god how do you not elect this guy president Peter Ducey straight out asked, asked Jen Psaki if this was a protest against communism. She said it was a fight against repression and a bad economy, but she still 
refused to say that it was against communism. Finally, finally, Joe Biden walked out and said, this is a fight against communism. It doesn't work. And to an extension, socialism doesn't work. And then finally, Jen Psaki was able to say, yes, this is against communism. Isn't that amazing? They are finally admitting communism and socialism is bad. I can imagine the Biden, I can imagine the Biden staff is probably flipping bricks right now at the thought that Joe Biden is not radical enough to be into communism. There also appears to be some dissent from within the Cuban government itself about the crackdown on the protesters. I'm really surprised that ABC International reported this. This is what they wrote. Cuban Vice President of the Interior, Gen uh, Brigadier General Jesus Manuel Buron Tabit, has resigned after questioning decision-making within the ministry and the Security Council, as well as the excessive use of police force to repress the demonstrations of July 11th, the day that began the wave of protests that spread throughout the island, as ABC has learned from sources close to the regime. His departure is motivated by disagreements with other commanders, differences with respect to the measures taken during the protest last weekend. Quote, there is trouble within the army and differences between the military of the old guard and the young generals, say the, source, end quote, say the sources consulted by the paper. This is not good news for the 60-year-old, quote, revolutionary, end quote, regime. If the younger soldiers are looking maybe the younger soldiers are actually looking for a new resolution, revolution. Or maybe they just don't want to kill their own people. You know, some, some places, some people actually don't like civil war, especially if they're fighting for a government that is tyrannical. They may be saying, you know, I, no, we've had enough of this. The Black Lives Matter organization showed its true colors, finally. I don't know why this is a, a big thing. Um, they, they released, uh, they just keep proving that they are an absolute garbage organization. This is what they said in a statement. Quote, Black Lives Matter condemns the U.S. federal government's inhumane treatment of Cubans and urges it to immediately lift the economic embargo. This cruel and inhumane policy instituted with explicit intention of destabilizing the country and undermining the Cubans' right to choose their own government is, uh, that's hysterical. Cuba hasn't had elections, free elections, since they took, since the communists took over in 1962. So I'm not exactly sure what Black Lives Matter is saying, but again, Black Lives Matter doesn't really care about history. They don't care about reality or truth or what's actually happening. They'll just craft another narrative. Anyway, I'll continue. Is that um, the Cubans' right to choose their own government is at the heart of Cuba's current crisis. Since 1962, the United States has forced the pain and suffering on the people of Cuba <coughs> by cutting off food, medicine, and supplies, costing the tiny island nation an estimated $130 billion. Without that money, it is harder for Cuba to acquire medical equipment needed to develop its own COVID-19 vaccines and equipment for food production. This comes in spite of the country's strong medical care, in spite of the country's strong medical care and history of lending doctors and nurses to disasters around the world. All this BS, all of this is absolute 
BS. Cuba has one of the worst healthcare systems in the world. They're not clean. They're missing medication. They're missing supplies. That's not the United States' fault. That's Cuba's fault. Cuba's been dealing with Russia for ages, and they still don't have any of it. As far as the, since 1962, the United States forcing them to cut off food, I thought Bernie, I thought Bernie Sanders said they've got bread lines, and those were fantastic. Now they're saying that, oh, the bread lines were bad, and now they're even out of bread? Okay, here, continuing. The people of Cuba are being punished by the U.S. government because the country has maintained its commitment to sovereignty and self-determination. United States leaders have tried to crush the revolution for decades. Here's the newsflash. The, there is no revolution in, in Cuba anymore. The revolution ended a long time ago, probably 1963. The revolution is over in Cuba. Cuba is now a totalitarian communist dictatorship. That's what it is. And the United States doesn't need to support it. Now, what they also seem to forget over at Black Lives Matter, we also had the Cuban Missile Crisis in which you had Che Guevara, the the hero of the college elite, sit there and say he would blow New York up the second he had the chance. So I don't want to hear about how great Cuba is. They are a miserable little country, and that government needs to go away. I heard rumors saying, hey, you know something? Um, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just go in and uh, make it the 51st state? That'd be nice. We'd get a couple more senators, I can tell you that, because you know that that country is going to be, um, that country is going to be uh, conservative. Most are. Now the reaction to this back this reaction to this uh, BLM statement was absolutely brutal. Dan McLaughlin said, quote, "Cubans right to choose their own government has nothing to do with the government that is sub subject to the embargo. Mozambique, a Marxist government that pre persecuted churches, plunged the country into civil war and made a third of their population refugees." That is Mozambique. Okay, uh, he's basically saying that this is just another country that has just basically made all of their population refugees because they just want to leave the country. Mark Hemingway said, So much of the American establishment last year went to bat for an organization that is quite predictably, and they're talking about BLM, defending an oppressive co communist regime. Also, Contra this obscene statement the cuban communist regime remains actively racist and they were they were extremely racist uh extremely homophobic so but that doesn't matter to blm carlos corbella who is actually a uh, refugee from cuba said deplorable this organization has chosen to stand with the oppressive dictators who have murdered and enslaved innocent cuba cubans of all colors since 1959. The people responsible for all the death and misery in Cuba are the mostly white men who, at Black Lives Matter, has now embraced. I don't know about that statement. I don't know they're all white men, but there are a couple of them. Um, Giancarlo Sopo said, disgusting. Despite the Cubans' dictatorship murdering and beating of protesters, many of them black, BLM's statement on Cuba condemns the U.S., 
praises the Castro regime and makes no mention of the atrocities being committed by the dictatorship. See, here's the whole thing. I love these pushbacks. I love when I love when organizations like this actually show their true colors because people are now beginning to see what's going on and they see the hypocrisy and they don't like it. And this is what's going to actually kill these organizations. They're going to be seen as the garbage organizations that they are. By the way, AOC has finally released a statement. She did this on Friday. And, of course, she's uh, towing the same line that all the Democrats are towing. It is the... It is the... United States fault of the United States that Cuba's a mess right now because of the embargo. This is all Howard Zinn stuff, by the way. Howard Zinn wrote the People's uh, History of the United States, which was uh, 600 pages of absolute horse crap. Just lied about the United States, how it's the United States' fault for World War One, which I makes like no sense. World War Two. Vietnam, Korea, everything everything's the United States fault. Well, AOC now is just basically, yep, it's the United States fault. So, you know, good good for her at least she decided to make a statement and I'm glad she made that statement because I have a feeling that this is going to really hurt her in the future and the squad for that matter because I think the squad has actually lost a lot of credibility. By the way, uh, in some shorter news, and we're going to have we have uh, we're going to have some more news on Monday. Uh, for example, Big Brother is beginning to watch us on social media. But here's something that I think is really important: um, a third judge last week struck down by the Biden administration's multi-billion-dollar aid program that expressly excluded white people. Now the rule is from the, that $1.9 trillion American Rescue Bill. In that bill, it allows uh, grants to be provided for farmers who are black, Latino, Asian, Pacific Island, and American Indian. Okay? you And Asian. Yeah, you didn't say Asian. All right, do you notice what's missing there? That's right, white people. White farmers can apply for the grants, but those lands will only be loans. So in other words, if you're a black farmer... You can get a grant and you don't have to pay it back. But if you're a white farmer, yeah, nope, you have you have to pay that back. Uh, a farmer named Robert Holman actually went in and sued this uh, area of the American Rescue Bill and said it was unconstitutional and it was systemically racist. By the way, it is systemically racist. U.S. Judge uh, S. Thomas Anderson stated, the court finds that the plaintiff, which is Holman, has shown a substantial likelihood that he will prevail on a claim that Section 1005 violates his right to equal protection under the law, which it does. Absent action by the court, socially disadvantaged farmers will obtain debt relief, while plaintiff will suffer the irreparable harm of being excluded from that program solely on the basis of his race. Thank God for checks and balances. And I'll give you a step further. If they decide to keep pushing this, and this does end up in the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court will do one of two things. One, they'll reject it. If it continues to be, if it continues to be 
rejected by court, the courts, which it will be. Uh, and it gets to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to listen to it. That's law. I mean, that's it's unconstitutional. That's it. Or they'll take it in and they will rule 9-0 that this is illegal. You can't do this. This is a, this is systemic racism. All the systemic racism that we hear these people talking about. And they are actually introducing bills that are systemically racist. Isn't that great? What a life we have. So on Monday, we're going to have an interesting episode. On Monday, we're going to talk about Big Brother begin coming after uh, Facebook and Twitter and monitoring our, tw- our tweets and our Facebook posts for disinformation. Big Brother's watching. We are now in 1984 territory. by George. That's the book by George Orwell. We're going to talk about a book I had read this week and how it is uh, last week. And it is now being banned and will probably not be on Amazon. I'll give you a hint. Um, It's by, I'll tell you later. Uh, So have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Um, You can follow this podcast on, oh, we'll talk to you on Monday. You can look all this stuff up later. Uh, Take care. Have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbass Talking Politics.